maybe you could uh, just stay for a little while, if that's okay. I just like the looks of you. You play the keyboards okay. No, no, you play fantastic. And I'll just allow the other guys to come and sit down for um, a minute or two. Please be seated, relax, and uh, we're talking, uh, of course, about the pure in heart subject I know a lot about. <laughs> the pure in heart. Everything's okay, Hartley? Good. All good? Just making sure everything's good. In Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I most probably would have had a fantastic message on this this morning with young Heidi Wiseman. She's a lot younger than me anyway. It's something very exciting that I did this week. I actually was preaching in a retirement village. I don't know if it's a sign of the times to come. But it really was a fantastic moment. I was thinking, how on earth did I get here? I'm preaching to all these very elderly people. And then I realized something. It was actually on Tuesday, which was my birthday. Thank you. Yes. Fortieth. Yes, that's fantastic. And I, and I said, I said to them, I said, look, I just want you to know that I'm 56 today, and I actually qualify to be a resident in this retirement village. I said, so we are one. I might be the youth leader, but we are one. But it was a great time, and uh, you know, we really got to celebrate people, not only at the start, you know, when they're young all that promise and potential, but really celebrate them at the other end as well. There's so much wisdom that they carry, and uh, I've said, God, just open my eyes up. Let me really benefit from this experience and uh, not just run through it and, you know, do my job and move on, but really connect with them, and it was a great experience. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, the Beatitudes could sort of like be a bit like a ladder in our mind, that if we do each one, we continue to climb up the rungs and somehow reach heaven. But it's not really a ladder whatsoever. And if we did treat it like a ladder, when we get to this particular scripture or this particular beatitude, it would all fall on its face. Because purity here implies being blameless. Is anyone blameless here? Well, we all are actually, but we're not blameless in our own efforts. And so clearly to be pure comes from what Jesus has done for us and in us, not what we do for him. And so the definition here is clean, blameless, unstained from guilt. It can also refer to being purified by him and pruned. This is like when John the Baptist said that Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. In Malachi, it talks about the Messiah being like a refiner's fire. And so in Psalm 51.10, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. So it's very clear that God is the only one that can deal with our heart. We can't fix up our heart. It is a mess. It has separated us from his, his presence. But through the grace that came through Jesus Christ... He can actually get a work on our heart and purify it so that we can have a relationship with him. This is good news, isn't it? Not of ourselves. This is not from ourselves. We can never see God if it's based on our performance. 
If we try to do anything to please God, we are going to stop seeing him clearly and we stop being in this place of having a pure heart before him. Our identity must come from grace. Say, my identity. Say it with a bit of conviction. My identity must come from his grace and not from my performance. Performance is going to create two things. If you're coming out of a performance identity, it will create two things, an inferiority or a superiority. None of them are good. If you start to compare ourselves, we all, I believe, have a leaning to do that. But we can't go into that place. We've got to stay in a place of grace. According to Romans 12, each of us have been given their own grace. How do we qualify for grace? Well, it's very good, very good news. It's imperfection. Imperfection is the prerequisite to his grace. Who qualifies here tonight? I qualify with two hands in the air. I'm very imperfect. God loves you today, not when we achieve more. I just want you to just rest for a moment, receive that. God loves you right now, here today. Not because you've done a little bit extra, not because you prayed a little bit longer, not because you rung up another person to bring them to church. All that's all really good, and I'm sure Harley would encourage you to do that. But he just loves you, who you are, right here, right now. He loves you even because you made a lot of mistakes during this week. Maybe you said some things that you shouldn't have said. He loves you 100% right now where you are. And from that point, from that place, you could go anywhere in this world and accomplish something great for the kingdom of God. He loves us right now. 1 Corinthians 5.10 says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm not fast to fill. I'm not Mark Sornicock. Thank Jesus. <laughs> Sorny's a great man. He is such a great pastor, actually, and, uh, and, and hilarious. But I do thank God that I'm not Mark <laughs> But what it is, is just that we are who we are by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. You should say that to yourself each and every day. Take the pressure off your life and say, I am what I am. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to progress and that we're not going to continue to cooperate diligently, effectively, so that God continue his sanctifying work in our life. But we've got to come to a place each and every day, I am what I am by the grace of God. Not more, not less, justice. And then what we do for God flows out of that grace. Authority comes out of a rest as opposed to a strive. We've got to have that rest in our spirit. Grace has given us access. Grace has given us identity. Grace has given us a place. And it's very important for people here today that you occupy the place that God has given to you. So being pure does not mean being flawless. A good translation of this word would be single or focused. So it means to be single-hearted, devoted to Christ, his purpose, and his people. This morning at Warunga, if you're ever up in that 
neck of the woods. You're welcome to come, of course, unless you're meant to be here because you live here. And anyway, I'm moving on. <laughs> Building the kingdom in. It's actually my vision is Sydney, a city for Christ. That's my vision. And uh, it's great to have an opportunity to contribute up in the North Shore, that neck of the woods. But I'd love to, some other day, I'd be happy to contribute somewhere else. As long as we're all working together, Sydney is City for Christ. We had a guy called Derek Rebello up there. He's a blind surfer. If you haven't seen anything about him, look him up on the net and just see some of the clips. There's a movie out called Beyond Sight. And he's 100% blind, can't see a thing. And he's actually quite a good surfer. So we had him there today. And just during the interview, I realized that this guy is singularly devoted to Christ. He has a very innocent faith, strong conviction, but just single-minded about Jesus and who he is in his life. And that's where I sort of said, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed is this man because he can see God. He can see God most probably better than a lot of us because he can't see physically. So great news, a lot of the distractions that we have to deal with are actually removed from his life. And so, you know, not only has he conquered surfing pipeline with, for those that are not aware, that's one of the most dangerous waves in the world. This is in Hawaii. So he's surfed pipeline. He's also taken up speed skating. It's hilarious. We showed footage of him doing speed skating. He has a partner, of course, but still it is. I said, look, if I had a guy on my right, a guy on my left, and they were carrying me down the hill, I still wouldn't do it. It is very dangerous. This is about our heart motivation. We all have motivation. Are we using our motivation to seek first the kingdom or to seek the world? Are we using our motivation to employ our gifts to serve the purpose of God or are we employing our gifts to serve ourselves? Are we using our motivation to stay committed to the right crowd or chasing after the wrong crowd? We all have motivation. It's how we actually employ that motivation this is really what it's talking about, is just directing it towards Jesus Christ. Seek first the kingdom. He implores us, seek first the kingdom. All things will get at it. And how often the enemy trips us up, deceives us, just gives us all these other temptations to try and replace the very blessing that God wants to bring to us. And so James 4, 8 says, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. We love that scripture. I'm sure it's been said in the last month a couple of times. But it goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. How do we purify our heart? Become single-minded. Double-mindedness causes us to become impure. But purity of heart is simply becoming single-minded. It's not about perfection. It's just being single-minded about Jesus and his life and his purpose for us. So I'm going to go through a large amount of scripture and then we're going to come to a couple of illustrations because I start off a bit intense and heavy and then we get a little bit light and fluffy. Is that okay? And then we'll finish strong. Now, it won't be light and fluffy. It'll be light, but it won't be fluffy. Everyone say fluffy. Thank you for being so obedient. Romans 12, 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, 
It's the view of mercy that will determine our response. If we don't see mercy for all that it is, it will limit how we respond to God. And some of us may just need a fresh revelation and understanding about the sacrifice of Jesus for our life that we can see it clearly and respond accordingly. So in view of God's mercy, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, it's acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world. Seek the kingdom first, not the world it's saying, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So we're looking at seeking him, serving him, and staying. I just had to think of another S. But staying in amongst the people that he's assigned to us. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think of himself soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Every one of us have a measure of faith. That means the word there is actually talking about an equal measure. So we all have the same measure of faith. We don't need more faith, but we may need to develop our faith. Faith grows, but you don't actually need more faith. If you start to think you need more faith, you're playing into the enemy's hands because you have all the faith you need. But what we need is to develop our faith and understand the application of our faith. Brett here has a faith for healing. He has a gift of healing. But there is a faith and there is an obedience to step out into that gift. And guess what happens? As he steps out, things start to happen. He's been given a measure of faith. He's not thinking of himself more highly than the others. Because I know this man. He's a humble man. Because he's been given this gift. He understands it comes by grace. But each and every one of us have been given a gift and it's got to be applied by the measure of grace that God has given us. Nothing more, nothing less. I am what I am by the grace of God. Is this okay, Hartley? You just seem to be rubbing your face a bit nervously there. Are you a bit concerned about where I'm taking this? It's all going to be good. Put on your seatbelt. I see I've got a clock there, 21 minutes still. I don't got all the time in silver water. (laughs) For as many, just on this thinking of ourselves soberly, just on this. Okay, so one part is to don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. The other part is don't think of yourself more lowly than you ought. Because for the pastors, They want you to just occupy the place where you should be at. Not less, not more. Just be where you're supposed to be at. And so there's no benefit in you thinking of yourself less than what you should. Where's um, um, worship leader over here? What's your name again, sweetheart? I forgot. Sorry? Jude? Sorry. um, Unfortunately, there's two of you in the line here. (laughs) Hey, great job. You've got a great gift on your life. What's your name? Patricia, just come out here for a second, Patricia. Is that okay? Just just maybe just stand there on an angle and just face face me. No, that's good like that. That's great. Maybe, no, no, just fine. Fantastic. Father, I thank you for Patricia. I thank you for her life. I thank you, Lord God, for where she is right now. And, uh, you know, I could sort of see 
some scales that were out of balance and uh, it's, it's like there's possibly some things that have been prevailing that are unfair, they're out of balance, they're out of kilter and I believe you're a person that would prefer honest scales, a fairness and, and you know correct weights on either side so that there's not inequality. I'm telling you right now that God is the one that will manage and adjust these scales and he's asking you to stand firm regardless. I see a mountain before you and the mountain is not gonna go away uh, by itself, it's going to go away as you start to declare the word of God to it. You start proclaiming the truth that God is revealing into your spirit because in the process of doing that, there is a capacity that's being developed in you that is going to elevate you in terms of your voice with worship, your voice in prayer, and your voice in terms of influence with other people around you. Speak to the mountain, woman of God. Speak to the mountain with the revelation that he's given you. Stand firm in his will. Do not be swerved to the right or the left. Stand firm, hold your ground. Speak to that mountain. Don't ask God to take it away. God is saying, you have already got the answer within you. He doesn't need to remove it because as far as he's concerned, as you speak it, it will be removed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your daughter in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, touch Patricia this day in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, it's the power of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Is that okay, Patricia? Does that work for you? Good. Give me a high five there next. Good. Fantastic. Um, for as many, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I mean, that's fascinating, isn't it, that we actually belong to one another. It's not just about we're in a very individual society, but what we really got to understand the kingdom of God is not like the society that we're in. It's the world. We're not meant to be conformed to the world. We actually belong to one another. And so having then gifts differing according to the grace of that is given to us. Let us use them. Serve the Lord with your gift. That's where life is. That's where excitement is. That's where adventure is. That's where victory is. You know, the greatest thing we could do is continue to build the house of God. What is the most effective form of spiritual warfare? Build the house of God. Why? Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the house of God. And if we're engaged in building the house of God, we're in a place where we can rebuke the enemy and defeat him in every way in Jesus' name. So let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Not more, not less. You are what you are by the grace of God. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality and hardly said, a bit more resounding amen there. He who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What these are are seven motivational gifts. There's the gifts of the Father, which are these ones, 
There's gifts of the Son, which refers to the ascension gifts, that is office of ministry. There's gifts of the Spirit. These are the motivational gifts. These gifts are actually in us when we're born. It's the way we're wired up. It actually forms and shapes our personality. It colors everything that we see. This is very important in understanding about seeing God clearly, to be blessed in a pure in heart so that we can see God. I'll explain it a little bit more in, as we go, but perceive all the prophet. They all have their different function. Now, Amanda, why don't you just come up here for a moment? Amanda, that's got no idea what's happening here. So what I would like you to do, Amanda, is to relax. Just relax. Where's Dylan, by the way? Oh, can someone go out and look after the kids just for a minute and bring Dylan back out? There's only four of them in there, fear not. I've got four kids myself. Fortunately, they're all grown up. Amanda, just, uh, just pray and lead into a prophecy. Go for it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just call on Holy Spirit right now to come, right now to come and speak, not just to me, Lord, but to every single person in this room, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Kali, come. I pray for you. Thank you, God. Lord, I just thank you for this new season, Lord, and I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you've given Carly everything she needs, Lord, and beyond, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you will provide. You will provide. You will provide. You will provide, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that these hands will be so filled that they cannot contain the blessing that is going to pour out of them. And I thank you, Jesus. I just see you just building such a strong team such a strong team. You're just going to touch people. You're going to encourage them. You're going to bring the best out of them. You're going to speak things over them and they're just going to rise up. Uh, speak beyond what you see. Speak beyond what you see. Rise them up as fast as you can because you're going to need it. You're going to need. You're going to need so many people. Such a big team. Thank you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. No pressure. I promise everyone's going to come over to Bankstown. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for this church, Lord. Thank you for this amazing church, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that we are in a season of the boom where we are going to see the floodgates of heaven open over this place, that we're going to see people come in, not in the ones, but in the tens and in the twenties and in the thirties, bringing people each week, 
Church, you know who our biggest church growers are at the moment? They're the new salvations. We need to get around them. We need to minister to them. We need to build them up. And they are going to bring people in because of the excitement they feel when they come into this house. They're going to be the ones that build the church to the next level for us. So get around these new people. Bring new people in. See them save church because they are going to get excited. We've got a short window with these people to bring people into the house of God. So I'm just speaking right now. We're going to see a multitude of salvations and they are going to bring in the 10s and the 20s and the 30s from then. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Fantastic. Well, you could sit down now. Just uh, just come over here, Amanda. Just over this way. It's where your husband is. Just sit, sit there for a second. Fantastic. Look now. Okay. Uh, so there, I could see, I could hear two gifts operating there. One is the perceiver, or the prophet. The other one is the exhorter. Exhortation. There was a good exhortation there at, at the same time. And often those gifts go hand in hand. So what do we need to do? We need to step up to the plate. The gift operates as soon as you step into it. And so Amanda, you know, most probably would hate my guts after the service, but anyway, she did a great job. She didn't know what was going to happen, but she stepped into it. And you know, the enemy is always trying to intimidate us to stop from us stepping into our gift and start operating by his grace. It's by the grace of God, the gift is actually exercised. You know, when you were worshiping before Dylan, I can see, I could see your right ear. The Lord is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. I could see your right ear. It's a good looking ear, by the way. But I can just see you're, you're going to get so sharp in hearing the direction of the Holy Spirit, the sensitivity that you're going to have. I just see this line of Judah rising up within you. I see a voice rising up within you that hasn't been there before. You know, you really need to stand firm also in your identity in Christ. Not the way that you see yourself, not the way that others have seen you and know you to be. You've got to almost forget the former things, as Paul said. Reach out, lay a hold of Christ who has laid a hold of your life. Because I believe this. I believe your church or your service, but your ministry, your ministry is going to exceed all our ministries. In Jesus' name, I see it rising up and having an impact. It may not happen overnight, but it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. And I'll be there celebrating. Well, maybe I'll be a bit upset, but anyway, I'll be celebrating. I just see great days ahead. I just encourage you, stand in the will of God concerning your identity. Speak it every day. This is not about, you know, pride or anything. It's being bold in humility. The word the word boldness actually means dependence. We've got to get that right in our thinking. When we're dependent on God, we're bold in Him because it's not us, it's He working through us in Jesus' name. Blessings, amen and amen. Okay. So let me go quickly through the gifts. They color what we see. The perceiver will look at life. See you later, Amanda. God bless you. Through perceiver's eyes, most things will look either good or bad right or wrong, in God's will or out of God's will. Do you know any people like that? Sister black and white or brother black and white. We see it in or out. Now, I'm predominantly in that zone myself. It's either in or out, you know? My way or the No, not my way, the highway. But anyway, the server, on the other hand, so the need met by the perceiver is spiritual. That's their function in the body. The server, on the other hand, will approach reality with the question, what can I do to help? In this situation, the needs they meet is practical. The teacher will search for truth in everything he encounters. Where's he gone? No, he's gone, hasn't he? Leon. Leon's gone. No, no, don't worry about Leon. No, no, it's okay. 
He, I feel like he's got a bit of a teaching gift, hasn't he? No, that's okay. God loves you just right where you are, Leon. Don't come any closer, please. <laughs> Dorian has got a gift of spiritual muscle, physically and spiritually. That's not actually in my list here, but you know. The teacher, so the exhorter will see opportunities, encourage people, the needs there and that is met is psychological. The giver will look for ways to which he can invest his time, talent, money, providing for the needs of others, so the needs met is material. The administrator will, with his broad vision, will grasp the over, overall dimensions of a situation, the needs met are functional, and the mercy person will recognize hurt and wounds that need to be healed and see endless opportunities, endless opportunities, Carly Lewis, endless opportunities, to express love because the needs met are emotional but you know I know that Carly's also a leader and it's of course it's not just mercy if you actually had mercy leading the church it would not last very long because mercy or compassion must also work in with leadership and strategy Jesus was moved with compassion yes but he was led by strategy so it's the interplay of the two that actually builds something healthy in terms of a Christian organization. So right now, I would like to demonstrate something. I need eight people right here. In fact, you can be the Messiah. Just stand in the middle. Seven people stand around him. Just come forward and look out to the congregation. I need seven people standing in a circle around him, evenly apart. Okay, Dylan's in the middle. Seven are around you. We need a few more. Any mathematicians here? One, two, three, four, five, six. Your number seven. So just step out one step further. Stay still. Yeah, just so that, just a little bit further back. I love it being nice and symmetrical and all that sort of stuff. Maybe we'll have um, Brett. You look messianic as well. Not, not messy, but messianic. You could just come over here and just stand here. Okay, Dorian, you just stand behind him here. This obviously won't apply to you. I'm sorry about this. Okay, so what we have here, just the seven motivational gifts, okay? There's seven motivational gifts. You take a group of 100 or take a group of 1,000, you'll find that there will be percentages of each of these motivational gifts within that group. So this is the church. It's a body of Christ. This, here we just have Jesus. His beard has been trimmed. But this could represent a subject, a topic, a situation. What we have from these motivational gifts is a perspective. They have a view of the one subject. They're looking at Christ. This could be a theological view. It could be a way to do something practical. It could be a way to respond to the needs in the community, but it's a view of the one subject. So this man, well, let's take you. What's your name again, handsome? Guy. Guy. Good on you, Guy. You look very tough and muscular, don't you? Yeah. So we met before, we met a few times, haven't we? Guy. Okay, so Guy has a view of the subject, okay? We also have over here, Rose, don't turn around, you're messing up my illustration. We have another view of the same subject, okay? Now, this is what happens. Guy's view is correct, but not completely. It's partly right, but never completely right. He sees what he sees, but he needs this view and these views to get the full picture. Do you see what I'm saying here? We're talking about motivational gift, the direction of our heart, okay? So he has a view, and it's a good view, but it's easy for him to get into an argument 
with this person over here because he sees a nose. No, I don't see a nose. But there is a beard. No, there's no beard. There's just this hair on the back of his head. You see what I'm saying? They could get into an argument because there's a different perspective. Not realising in that tension, if we work through it, we get actually a healthy outcome. So the only way this community can operate is by the grace of God. And the only way that grace can remain is through mercy and forgiveness. We have to live in this place of accepting other people's view because we can never remain in the community that God has assigned us unless we fight for that unity. Can you see that tonight? What can happen is that this person, now Rose wouldn't do this, that's why I'm using her, she could get so committed to her viewpoint that she takes herself out of where God wants her to be. Brett, you you should be standing still. Be obedient. Be predictable. Remember what I said about predictable people. Um, So she could take herself out. And yes, she's still got a view, but she's out of grace. So now she's got part of the truth, but a one-dimensional view of the truth. And what you could call this person is a blogger. You could call this person someone is setting up a website against the house of God. And they are so committed to the way that they see things. They're so committed to their theological perspective, but they don't realize whilst they're obsessed with that truth, they have left grace. And the gospel is grace and truth in Jesus Christ. We have to fight to remain in the house, not only turning up, but employing our gifts, working through differences so that we can see clearly in Jesus' name. Blessed are the pure, single-minded about being with Christ, about serving his purpose and staying and committed to his people. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Can you say amen? You can sit down. Give them a big hand clap. Proverbs 18.1 A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Isolation is never the answer. When we're challenged, what we need to do is just go back, look to Jesus. I've had many opportunities to do this. Our perspective is adjusted. It's like our world can fall into a correct alignment, order, and significance. Things like mercy and grace and forgiveness are heightened, allowing us to see the best in people. Because without those things, we can't see the best in people. Their potential and future in God, we start to see them the way that God sees them. Now that's blessed. Why don't you just close your eyes here tonight and let me just pray for a couple of situations in Jesus' name. There may be some people here tonight that you turned up. Maybe you've just come for the first time. I would love the opportunity to pray for you. What's really important is that we've actually received Jesus into our life. The way we do that is through a prayer. In Romans it says, confess with our mouth 
and believe in our heart that Jesus is the Lord. And if we do this, confession and believing, we will be saved. And so we provide an opportunity. This opportunity is for you if it's your first time here. This opportunity is for you if you've just gone off the track that you should be, back on. You've left away. You've just sort of like been doing life on your own terms. But tonight, you have an opportunity to put your life back into his hands. Or maybe you're just not sure about where you stand before God Almighty. If that applies to anyone in this room, I would love the privilege and the honor to pray for you. Don't leave this place without receiving prayer. If you're uncertain, receive this prayer right now. All I want you to do is to lift up your hand after I count to three, just so that I can acknowledge you and just pray with you. Don't hesitate. If that's you tonight, just lift up your hand. One, two, three. Just say, Pastor Jake, please pray for me. Just lift it up high so I can see it. Fantastic, fantastic. Who else is here tonight? I believe there's a couple more people that this applies to. Fantastic. Who else is there? Just saying that I've been going on my own terms tonight. I need to just put my life back into the hands of Jesus to get single-minded about him. If that's you, just lift up your hand right now. We're going to stand up in just a moment. And when we stand up, I would like us just to encourage the, uh, I think, three people that have put up their hands as they come forward. I just would like you guys to come forward so that I can pray with you. As soon as we stand up. Now, if you've brought a friend, maybe ask them to come forward as well if you feel that's appropriate. Um, and uh, if you still would like to come, you're welcome to come if you really believe that you need to come forward for this prayer. So please stand up right now and let's welcome these people. Just come. Just come forward. Just come forward. Just just come forward. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. All we're doing is making just a public declaration, just just making a public decision. You can come forward. It's okay. I won't bite. Here. Look, I'm only short. See that? How you doing? I'm Jake. Pleased to meet you. your friend. Fantastic. Just come forward here. It's okay. It's okay. God loves you, buddy. Tonight's for you. Here you go. Great to have you here. If there's anyone else that would like to join them, just ask them to come and we'll just pray in just a moment. I'm going to give you a prayer and I'll give you the words to say, but just say these words from your heart. Is that okay? And so I'll lead you but you just repeat after me, but just say it from your heart. So maybe we'll just close our eyes. All of us will do this. Close our eyes right now. And just repeat these words after me. Dear Father in heaven, I stand before you this day. I ask that you forgive me for going my way and not your way. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. Today I choose to receive you and commit my life into your hands. Holy Spirit, fill me right now. Strengthen me. Empower me 
so I can follow Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray, just touch Elizabeth right now. In the name of Jesus, bless her life. Thank you, Lord, for her. Thank you, Father, for this moment. Lord God, I just thank you. Your hand is upon her. Thank you, Father. Healing is coming into her family, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God. Order. Things are coming back into order. Priorities are coming back into place. We thank you, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for my new friend, Sasha. I thank you, Lord God, that he's here. I just pray for your peace to come upon him right now. I pray for that assurance to rise in his heart. That tomorrow morning when he wakes up, that he have that sense of your presence. That sense that you're real, that you're there for him. That he can walk with you each and every day. As he uh, builds his life in, this, in this, these days ahead. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. That you take the burdens from him, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Good. Could you, we're just going to talk to you briefly. If you could just go with these good people. You know him, you came with him. Just for a minute. Fantastic. That'd be great. Just, uh, what, what's your name? Sorry? Ruth, what a great, can I just quickly pray for you? Is that okay? I don't know, I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I'll put the microphone down. Is that okay? Just come out here, Ruth, for a second. Thank you, Jesus. What do you do for work? Student, what in? Sorry? Are you? Excellent. Just stand over here. Just face me. Face me if that's okay. <laughs> uh, do you come here? It's your first time. All right. So do you go to a church or? In the neighborhood you know what i could see over your life is uh, right at the beginning i could sort of see you know one of those boards you know where they do a new scene for uh, something that's about to be filmed and i could just see someone saying roll the cameras and i just believe that there's a new day that's just come for your life that there's a new scene that you're about to step into it's not the, the old scene it's a new scene and tonight i believe is a significant transitional moment for you I believe that things are happening in your, you know, your life here tonight that are very significant to your future. I don't know what you've picked up during the night, but I believe there's some things that have been deposited in you that are actually going to help you step into that new day that God has actually prepared for you. And it's going to be good. It's going to be exactly the way that God has scripted it, not the way that others have scripted your life. And, you know, you've got to understand this, that God does have a script for your life. Uh, the one that has been written for you, you don't have to keep living it anymore. It's finished. It's over. It's a new day. It's a new script. And that script is coming to pass right now. So just go back to the word. Get connected to people that will believe with you. And you'll find everything is going to come to pass. I can see a very exciting and beautiful future for you, Ruth. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for this precious young lady. I thank you, Lord God, for her heart and her, uh, just her innocence in her faith, Lord God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, touch her in the, here right now. Just confirm this word in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Bless you. Fantastic. Thank you, Dorian. So good. Ah, oh, what a great message, eh? 
We thank Pastor Jake, incredible word. And I steal his notes. No, but it's the kind of message.